Welcome to the new Flash Podcast. My name is Brett Arnold at Brett Redacted on Twitter, and at Joe Avella is out of the country. He is in, I believe, Iceland. Let's leave him there. Yeah, he can he's gonna stay. He can he's stay. gonna stay. And that beautiful sultry, mm, sultry voice it. you heard was uh, Charles Bromesco, past and future guest. I hope. I hope so. That's ambitious. At <laughs> uh, Into the Crevasse That's on Twitter.com. Yep. Uh, he's here to be your faux Joe. Yeah. I I don't know that I love being the replacement Joe. Maybe just another host. Okay. Just an additional host. So, uh, who Charles doesn't have to be Joe-ish in any way. <laughs> Charles is going to host the show in his own way. It has nothing to do with Joe right. or Joe's legacy. Correct. Um, and to my left, we have past guest... And also <laughs> future guests. I'll come back for sure. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Amazing. Uh, Lewis Peitzman is back. Hi. He was here weeks ago discussing uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. And it has been called, our, our critics are calling it one of our best episodes. Is that true? Yeah. There was a tweet that I saw. Nice. So at least one At least one, one listener on was a huge, huge fan. Uh, thank you both for coming here. I wanted to put you guys in the same room. I thought uh, sparks it. would fly. You guys both know a lot about movies. You write about them on the internet. Like <laughs> it's wild, right? A lot of lot of unruly brown hair in this room. <laughs> That's like, right. I'm trying to keep it reined in, but now I feel insecure about it. <laughs> no, I, I've completely surrendered that battle. I've, like I've. So submitted. you guys don't know each other, Charles. Uh, why don't you give a little brief bio? Who are you? Sure, what yeah. are you doing here? No, I'm um, I'm a film critic, TV critic, living here in New York. I live in Brooklyn. I write for a variety of outlets online and in print. I write a lot for The Guardian and for Vulture and for Nylon Magazine lately. Um, and in 2015, I want to say, or maybe 2004, it was uh, late 2014, I... Um, penned a big long piece about the whole Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, oh. um, which touched upon Wes Craven's new nightmare um, for a now defunct film website called The Dissolve. Uh, but that's still floating around online. Nice. Where did all of the, the Dissolve stuff go? Is it just, can you still yeah, do I mean the links still, to the work? Yeah, it's there. It's online. It's all intact. You're, I'm assuming you're paying for the server out of your own pocket. Yeah, no, <laughs> me, me. I'm I'm paying for it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, that's actually because I did a whole nightmare series for the San Francisco Bay Guardian blog, and they deleted everything. No, that's, that's all gone. Those my editor and I, we fuckers. all did movies, and we each wrote something about each of the movies, and then it would have been really nice to go back to that. But it's, it's that's uh, a bummer. I'm yeah, sorry. It, it sucks. It's not great. Well, we have two of the foremost Friday the Thirteenth, or Jesus Christ, Nightmare on Elm Street <laughs> well, no. experts uh, that I had at arm's reach. <laughs> great. <laughs> Uh, no, they're, uh, the repertoires, the tweet speaks for itself. Sure. You know? Um, so we're here to talk about 1994's, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, I believe is the actual title of the movie. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, putting his name right in it. The Lee Daniels, the butler of its time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So most people think when they watch it, I'm imagining. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that at length. Uh, I saw a couple movies. I think Charles saw a couple movies. Yep. I'm sure Lewis has seen some stuff. I don't stuff. see movies, but he doesn't, okay. he doesn't like movies. Tries to stay away. Yeah, the Nightmare series is like. I kind of stopped the there. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so how how are you guys? How's your weeks? Oh, are you gonna give an introduction? Yikes. You said you write about you wrote about Friday the Thirteenth, but Nightmare oh, on Jesus the Street. Christ, are you okay? I'm having a stroke. It's fine. 
You can't so see right now, but I'm making the little scissor snip snip. It's because this movie hands. isn't doesn't have like a canon title. It's confusing me. Okay, but I'm I get sorry. It. Go on. Uh, who are you? Why are you here? Oh well, that's a very existential <laughs> question. Yeah, I'm um, even that way. I'm Lewis Peitzman. I'm a writer for BuzzFeed, senior editor, entertainment, um, and I write about horror. And I've written about Nightmare on Elm Street a lot in as many ways as possible. So, uh, why you also, in addition to your like long, like all the articles you've done on the series, you also did this incredible interview with Wes and Heather specifically about this movie, right? About right? New Nightmare. Yeah. I why wanted... specifically New Nightmare? Is my well, question. it was the because it was the anniversary, ah. and that's always a good excuse to do something. No, the I, I mean, I think because I felt like no one was writing about this movie. I mean, people were obviously writing about it, but um, I didn't want to do uh, another just story on Nightmare. I wanted to do something that was more reined in, and uh, I actually think Wes Craven was into it because it was about New Nightmare, and maybe would have not been into it if I had just been like, I want to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. That's a, that's a good point. He seems to think fondly of it. He does, although he also like fully acknowledged the uh, mistakes. That's interesting, and I can't wait to get into that. Um, before we get into the full-on Nightmare on Elm Street discussion. There we go. Thank you. I'm figuring this out. Um, let's talk about uh, what movies we saw this week. Uh, Charles, did you see anything of note? Motion pictures. Um, yeah, no, I recently saw a film that I loved a lot, really, really a lot, uh, called A Ghost Story, new movie Yes, that from is another A24 release. Indeed it is. Uh, they're, they're on fire. They're on a hot streak. Um, and this movie is just so beautiful and simple. I don't want to say too much about it because I think it's coming in July and it's best experienced with a very little knowledge. But um, it is a totally beautiful film, very um, casually insightful film about time and about grief and about emotional processes uh i'm 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 getting caught up in my so feelings so yeah. horror fans shouldn't get too excited it's new, not new flesh listen, listeners who think this is a a ghost story oh yeah, yeah. are going to be disappointed it is a horror story in the respect that moving through life is horrifying <laughs> it's like an existential horror story i guess you could say that sounds but good. that's, Isn't that's it like a, a bullshitty answer to that question is it casey affleck and um rooney rooney mara rooney in the mara. mix yeah yeah indeed lisbeth Salander. Yeah, the former <laughs> former missile. Oh, that's right. The second um, one. The second one. Uh, and what? Uh, a Numi Rapace? I don't think that you say it that way. It's, it's definitely incorrect. It's I think it's like Capiche. Numi Rapiche. No, that's... That's probably also wrong. Numi is probably also being said wrong. Um, but, no, yeah, I mean, really totally beautiful film. Really great score. Um, the camera work is very, very detail-oriented, very communicative of space. Is David Lowry? Yeah, David Lowry, um, who last summer did what I considered to be the severely underrated Pete's Dragon remake. Um, oh, yeah, that was good. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It's also, much. did the original Pete's Dragon cartoon one, whatever that was, did it open with the, with the death of the child's parents? Spoiler alert. I haven't, the new one does, and it's very sad. Yeah, no, I, I haven't seen the children's one in forever. I haven't seen it since I, I was a child. I think this one's still the children's one. It's for, I think, like 10 to 12-year-olds, who's like the key demo. That's our key demo here, too. So <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. Cool. And you also saw... So a ghost story out in July. Big fan. Look for it. Uh, but I think we all saw a little movie called It Comes at Night. It did come at night. Which I talked about a little bit last week. 
Um, but I also didn't really want a, a movie that's not out yet. Don't mm-hmm. want to spoil it too much. Sure. I would love to get a round table of thoughts. What did you think of It Comes at Night? Which you saw at? I saw it at Overlook. Yeah. The so. Overlook Film Festival, which Lewis uh, talked about before he went and then... And then uh, went the day after. You did. And then Joe and I actually talked about your oh, experience. Oh, I, I listened. Yeah, yeah. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you really? I did, yeah. Oh, my God. You think I'm not going to listen to a podcast talking about my experience? It's like so <laughs> masturbatory. I didn't know like if I, I told you I did it. That's no, amazing. I just happened to be listening. I don't that listen. is yeah I was being a good fan um that's incredible uh yeah no I saw it there it's you know it's really like it was a, it was the secret screening so there was so much excitement about it that I feel like that skewed my perspective on it a little bit like I was super into it in that context um for I, I just have one sort of diverting question but for the secret screening like is everyone sitting down in the auditorium and like no one knows what's gonna happen and they just start playing the movie and you don't know what it is until the title card well they an- they announce it like right when you get inside oh, oh, it would be okay. fun if just like it takes like four minutes and it's no, like, it comes they, yeah, and you're like oh have, shit right yeah that, that, well also cause like everyone had kind of already guessed because good guessing there were a lot of nerds there and they like knew that there were a 24 people like milling about <laughs> and they were like, like only a handful of films. This like, could what be? could it be? And <laughs> well, so I think, uh, I, I thought it was curious. I mean, um, you'll be able to speak to this with more authority, but I thought it was apropos that they debuted that at the overlook because I get very hard shining vibes, um, from this film. Yeah. That's do, totally. Do yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you said your expectations were what at the, because it was a secret screening, you were a little too hyped and, Oh no! I was really. I think I was just really into it because. Oh okay. I yeah, see. and also because I'd been staying in that hotel for days, and I'd had a bad experience. Was that, that after, morning. before or after? No, that was that was the day. Oh my god! So I just was like on edge. Charles, did you hear about this story? No, I did not. Can you? Would you mind giving a brief on it, or yeah. is it like too traumatic? No, it's not traumatic. I what just like. Here, yeah. Some listeners will. Skip ahead if you don't want to hear it again, but I'm sure I'll Lewis will tell it better than we do. No, I'll just tell a very quick version that like there was an immersive game at the overlook film festival and uh i had signed up to be one of the like lurky people who doesn't really do anything like you can just kind of like enjoy it and not be harassed too much Mm -hmm. there was a higher level that required more waivers being signed which i deliberately did not sign because i don't like being touched and uh that morning that was the last day there i guess i had another night but like the last day of films i guess it was or whatever it was anyway uh my uh i woke up at 6 a.m because there were people in my hotel room and they were walking toward me and um two of them held me down and the third one swabbed my mouth with a q-tip and it was very weird and unsettling and uh i was not into it uh but also like pretty much knew what was going on and then uh found out later it was a mistake and they weren't supposed to be in my room uh, uh, holding me down and swabbing, swabbing my mouth. Swabbing you with a Q-tip. What was the swab ultimately used for? I don't know. I mean, my DNA <laughs> might be somewhere. Right. Like, if I'm Those guys weren't with the game. Those were point. just two people. <laughs> yeah, it was It was really, it was It was weird. It was not great. I so was, that's uh, the mindset you went in. So I was, ar- I was feeling very <laughs> paranoid. Yeah. And then I went to go see a paranoid horror film. Which is, that's what this is. This is like a paranoid psychological thriller even, more than a straight up horror movie, I guess. Um, it's really fucking bleak, is what I will say. About yeah, it. it's not. Well, that was what was also really funny, is that like it was, there's a party for it after. So we, the movie <laughs> finishes and we're like, I don't want to go to a party. And it was like the last party of the festival, so you like had to go. That must have been like the most morose party. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking about death and distrust and... Yeah. I mean, they had an ice sculpture of the dog, and they had like a, <laughs> oh my god, and they had like a you know a big red door, and then they were like 
I imagine everyone just side-eyeing each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it was just like trusting. not, it was, yeah, every time someone like sneezed, you just got a little bit antsy. Um, and I just like that whole, the thing about Overlook was that I just felt so isolated the whole time. Because I like, I had a really early flight, which was a terrible idea. And I will, if I ever do it again, I will not book a flight out of Portland at like 5 a.m. Because. That sounds nuts. That's smart, yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's. Well, it's you, have get, you have to get to You have Portland to get to Portland. By and, 5. Yeah. What time did you leave? Just like. I left it. Maybe my flight was at six. Yeah. I left at like three. Yeah, three or three thirty, I believe. And you had to take a bus or a car. No, I had like a shuttle pick me up because there's no. You can't even like. I would have had to get a shuttle down to like base camp and then had a a bus take me there and it would have been a huge ordeal and they don't even run at that hour so it wouldn't have worked but. Uh, I paid for a very expensive shuttle to get me from the airport or from the hotel to the airport. Um, Very nice man though. (laughs) <laughs> didn't swab your mouth did not swab my mouth um, that's good of him <laughs> yeah it was a weird way to end the festival right has anything any updates on that like I know they reached out to you they reached like, out to me yeah and I mean like I yeah I, I very much like didn't want it to be a thing um, and I it was just like an unpleasant thing that happened and then like I, you, you know it's just been like uh, my, my apartment got broken into like a week later oh no so I've just been a little bit on edge is what I'm saying. Jeez. Also, I don't know if you've like seen the news, but things are a little dire. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. um, you know, Not I'm just most. trying to. So this movie didn't help enjoy alleviate what I have. any of that. Uh, yeah, no, I did. It didn't. <laughs> it is, it um, is not an escapist romp. <laughs> no, no. I also will say that the Q and A actually, as they often do, made me think a little less of the movie. Q and A's never. Was, this is a new flash pro tip: <clears throat> never attend a Q and A well, movie. Just what was, leave. What was said in the Q and A? Um, Some cues, I don't want to. I don't want to. The questions weren't bad. I don't want to give away anything sure. about the movie. Um, I felt like uh, the filmmaker, Trey Edward Schultz. Trey Edward Schultz. That's right. Uh, Director of Cresha, which I love. Which I fucking love. Uh, also, Cresha fan club over here. I, I yes, it's amazing. I um, I just felt like he hadn't really thought through some things in a weird way like you know like you can ask a filmmaker or something and they might deflect because they don't want to you know spell it out for you yes but a lot of times when he was talking it was like he had never even like th- like considered these things like they're like finding symbolism he didn't know about and it's like oh yeah well that would be one thing i mean sick. like i mean like basic like well, I, exposition type stuff of like how did this start did and someone like, ask what? him about the aspect ratios um, because if you remember this isn't that big of a spoiler it's just like there, there are dream sequences in the film and every dream sequence is like letterboxed. It's like it goes from flat to scope. There's uh, black bars on the top and bottom. But then there's also a moment later on where maybe that happens. And like he it's mi- not a dream. He like might have I talked about that. About yeah. I, I mean, and that stuff I, I like hearing about. But I, I feel like, you know. Technical. Stuff like, I mean, is it okay to say it's about a a sickness? There's a sickness involved? That's, yeah, no. That's like in like, the trailer, that's right? That's just I mean, as vague as, yeah, yeah. as the movie is. <laughs> so if someone asks, like, you know, what is the nature of this? And, like, that's, and, yeah. and the filmmaker's like, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe, you know, a little this, a little that. Like, uh, like kind of shrugs it off. Like, it makes me feel like you don't have to spell that out if you don't want to, but you have to have, like, thought through that. And that that shows in, in the movie at times when I feel like a little there's a little bit of vagueness that, um, wasn't deliberate that was just like kind of um, interesting because I took it as deliberate when I watched it so I'm ruining it for you now by saying <laughs> I think it was <laughs> not, not ruining it for me now no but you know what I mean like it's, I do know what it's, you mean it's yeah and and it at times it reminded me of like the first purge movie in that it's sort of this like 
it's just such like a, a wasted a, opportunity. <laughs> no, I liked it comes at night a lot more than that. But yeah. I think that it's like a claustrophobic horror movie, like a home invasion movie, basically, uh, where there's like obviously a larger mythology happening in the world outside of that, and and it it only kind of slightly touches on it. It doesn't really it barely touches on it. Yeah, right. And yeah. so like that's a valid choice in some ways, but I I felt like here maybe. Um, it was almost a little bit lazy. It's just a way to get sort of these dynamics with people like confined to this house. Interesting. Charles, what do you have to say to this stuff? Um, (laughs) I guess I didn't, (laughs) it it seems stupid to say, but I almost didn't give too much thought to the story. I was much more engaged by this movie as, uh, as a formal work. Um, I think that the actual story he's telling is like, is very minimal. It has, you know, um, very small number of, of beats or however you want to quantify it. Um, but I think the way that Treadward Schultz creates tension between people, which is not usually via dialogue, but through um, gestures and movement of the camera rather than movement of the characters, um, that I found to be a more worthy way of approaching the film. Um, I was kind of frustrated almost because I think Cresha was a story that suited his very like very meticulous, very deliberate style so well. Um, and I think that if you took the the Schultz touch out of It Comes at Night, it would kind of be uh, another, you know, indistinguishable horror film. Um, I think that the story itself is really like a vessel into which um, Schultz can can pour his interests as a as a stylist and as a esthetician. Very interesting. Yeah. I just hope whatever he does next, he keeps his uh, sound designer. Who did yeah, this yeah, sure. and Krisha? Because mm. it's fucking incredible. He said that he wanted to do something more supernatural next. That's cool. Because he really enjoyed the dream sequences and wanted to like do more weird shit. Was um, it was this the same DP in Krisha and it comes that night? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I hold on to that person as well. Yeah. Uh, cool. Good. Good talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw. Did either of you guys see the Berlin Syndrome? No. I do you know what don't it is? know no. what that is. It is a movie that I didn't know was a thing either. It's just like one of those movies that opens at one theater in New York unceremoniously and no one knows it's, it's just gone the next week. So that it's playing right now at AMC 34th Street. It stars um, Teresa Palmer, who's great in it, but I can't for the life of me remember why I know where she's from. Do you guys off the top of your head know who I'm talking she's about? She's in a bunch of things. Right? Okay. Oh, she was in Warm Bodies. That's right. She was in Lights Out. She was. Oh, she was the, the chick in uh, his, his woman... In um, Hacksaw Ridge, the Academy Award uh-huh, nominated uh-huh. film. Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, so Teresa Palmer, who's wonderful in this, she plays a, a tourist in Berlin who basically, uh, it's her la- supposed to be her last night there, and she meets a guy, and she has a great one-night stand with the guy and ends up staying overnight. Nice, nice. And then the next morning, she wakes up to find out that she's locked in his apartment. And at first, she thinks, you know, dude forgot that she was there and like locked up and it's like innocent but as soon as he gets back it's clear that like no you're staying here Uh so it's like a kidnapper taken sort of deal um i recommend it honestly it's a it's a very very trashy b movie premise that they for some reason give like that indie sheen to it (laughs) to say if like i'm gonna speak like lex g right now it's got uh, the sheen where would you uh place this relative to something like the assignment oh man way better than the assignment okay. the assignment is okay. like unwatchable right no okay but Just this is track. like actually pretty solid oh no it's really it's good my only issue with it is that it tries too hard to be good <laughs> like it should be trashier and like mm-hmm. be- like it should go for it in ways that i 
that it doesn't. Like it, it spends way too much time trying to humanize the guy who's doing it. It spends weird, like weird subplots with him for a while. It's like I don't care about that. Like he's fucked up. Like great. Like let me see what's going on with Teresa Palmer. Um, it just has these weird stylistic choices that are like good, like objective. I don't know. Like. It looks really nice, the movie. It's like I just didn't want it to look nice. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it just like, like grimier. It's it's not as grimy as it could be. It's like it's it's this really gross movie that they try and like paint up to make it so it's not so gross. Um, that being said, I think it maybe it loses steam a little bit halfway through and never recovers. But it's still you it, still recommend it. I still recommend it. I think if you're a horror fan, you would dig it. I have a question. Yeah. About something I saw at Overlook. Did yes. you see Psychopaths at Tribeca? No, I didn't. But I, Mickey Keating has done the show. Okay. But you can be me if you want. No, no, no. I, I like Mickey Keating. Um, me too. Nice uh, guy. I just wanted to say there's a torture scene in that movie that has ruined my life because I think about it still, and it's really like so incredibly upsetting that like that's the sign of a good horror movie, I think. Yeah, I'm like still actually kind of mad about it. Like it's just like so fucked up that I like can't. I want to know. I kind of want to so know. Bad. Can you? Oh, tell? it's like it's just spoiler alert. For a movie that's not coming out, probably ever. No, it inv- it involves like the very it involves like fingernail t- nail torture, like mm. that's very slow and drawn out. Every finger, oh, in a way that I've like never seen. That it was so so graphic that I actually felt sick and I had to lie down after the movie. Wow, that's a good. That's I've a like good seen endorsement. a lot. I mean, I've seen a lot of shit and I've watched plenty of you know torture heavy movies and usually I'm fine. But this was like. It was just like so upsetting. Damn, Mickey Keaton, good job. I'm a, is, is that movie any good? I hear it. I didn't. It had, didn't get quite good reviews. It, you know, I actually I I liked it a lot more than I, than I thought I would. But I also thought like I'm also like literally angry about it because it Th- made me funny. feel so sick. Did you dig uh, Darling or Carnage Park? Have you seen either of those? Yeah, I do. I've, I've seen Carnage Park. Okay. I like Carnage Park a lot. Cool. Darling is pretty good. Recommend it for sure. It's like seventy minutes too. I love his movies because they're like seventy minutes. Yeah, and he which yeah. Is great. Um, and and uh, he uses a lot of the same actors, which I like. Yeah. Um, is Pat Healy in this one? He is not. Uh, okay. Angela Trimber is. Mm. Nice. Uh, and what's her name from Carnage Park? Ashley Bell. Mm. Who's actually like, really great in it. Um, I'm excited to see it. I should have gone to Tribeca. I don't know why I didn't. I just I didn't like, want, I want more people to see that scene. It's like two scenes because it's it's just like it's just the worst thing I've seen. Oh my something. god! Like it's just so I don't want to overhype it. No, I think. But it's like perfect. I wanted to cry. I really wanted to like just sit there and like be like, why did I do this to myself? I don't think you can give a better endorsement of a horror movie. Great, than that. made me want to cry. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, what else did I see? Did you see anything recently or? Not as no, doesn't I I mean I just don't see a lot of movies because I plays see, though you go to you, you do stuff. Yeah, I see a lot of theater. I see theater constantly. What's the best thing you've seen in the past month? Oh God, that's like a tough question. Is it? I'm sorry. Only because they all the honestly they blur together. I have to like sit down and think about it. Is I there saw one that okay. Stood I saw out. a production of Hamlet, uh, the Waterwell production of Hamlet, uh, which is uh, bilingual. It's in Farsi and English, um, mostly English, but some of the characters speak in Farsi. How does that work at a play when? People speak Farsi. Am I being well, ignorant? Do they? Uh, generally speaking, that's racist of you to ask. <laughs> no, like, gen- is there I think subtitles. That no, pop I up think ge- generally speaking, you would have super titles. Like uh, you know, when they did like La Boheme on Broadway, it's like or at the, the opera, they do, you know, they do like super titles, which are like you know, 
Uh, but this does not have subtitles. So it's just like they're speaking Farsi. They're speaking Farsi. Right but if you know, ha- it's Hamlet. So it's like, yeah. you kind of know what's going on. Like it's like context th- clues. Like his father, the ghost speaks only in Farsi. But if you've like, <laughs> if you know Hamlet that or you've so like seen Hamlet, you can figure out what's going on. And it gives you a chance to appreciate the phonetic poetry of the Farsi language. even. If yeah. It's actually like, it was actually really nice. And, um, great performances. And it's not just that it's like randomly in Farsi. It's like, it's actually set, um, in uh i don't know persia i guess at the time (laughs) um and and you know guinevere is like is not persian and that's like there's it's a there's plot reason like they they made it make sense uh and uh that sounds great great cast i don't go to enough plays for living or working right yeah you're like right in in the middle of it the last play i saw was the larry david one and i liked it a lot fish Fish in the the dark dark. i didn't it was wonderful actually that's not true i saw the tracy letts one right over here uh man from nebraska yeah that was fucking dark yeah did you enjoy that i i did i didn't like it as much as uh i wanted to like it a lot more i love tracy letts's work i just love reed bernie and i would watch reed bernie do anything it was an incredible thing to behold but like i don't know the second half was better than the first a friend of mine uh saw the antipodes new manny baker recently that's a i um i didn't love it the way i love a lot of her stuff but it is interesting and like, also, I think you would enjoy it as someone who appreciates weird genre stuff. Oh, really? What's it called? The, the Antipodes. Okay. I think it's super sold out. Ah. It's a very a small theater. It's at Signature. Yeah. Okay, I'll look into it. I love Today Ticks. That's my thing. Yeah. Um, I use that. It has Josh Charles. It does have Josh Charles from The Good Wife. I was gonna say. I it also that has a uh, Josh Hamilton. Not from The Good Wife. He's not on The Good Wife. No. <laughs> Just. What about The Good Fight? <laughs> I haven't seen. <laughs> hey, it's a really good show. I'm sure it is. It's like this half is, a good show. Download CBS All Access for now. Good fight. <laughs> and watch the good fight. Um, all right. What else did I see this week? Do I have any notes? Oh, I saw Pirates Five for like an hour, and then I left. I was just like, good for you. Yeah. No, I guess <laughs> you know what? You don't know how much time we have left. Respect yourself. You respect yourself. I respected myself enough to leave, but I also disrespected first, myself enough to go. Place, I know. Yeah. I just do this. Like I, you know, I have a movie pass. I like to see everything, and so I can tweet s- sarcastically about right. it and be not someone who's just, s- s- uh, you know, spouting hot air. Um, so I went. It's just like half, like an hour in, I'm just like, why am I here? Like, who is right. this for? I- if it doesn't hook me at, in the first hour, like, I'm going to walk. I saw, like, I saw, like, more than one piece that was like, actually, the Pirate Seagulls are good. And I was like, I are saw we that doing too. this? Like, really? Are we I'm doing like, this? Are we doing this for every fucking franchise that sucks? Yeah, it's I don't like know. It's like every time, you know... We're like episode one's better than Return of the Jedi. I'm like, Actually, I'm like, yeah. it's literally, it's not. That's like a dumb opinion. I'm sorry. And I, I mean, every opinion's valid, but like, that's wrong. But that so. one's wrong. Yeah, I like Pirates the first one. I vividly remember seeing it on a camp field trip I when remember, it came yeah. out. Thought it was fucking great. I bought it on DVD when it came out. I was, uh, I, I saw it at, a, I was at a summer program at UC San Diego. Oh my when god. I was in high school, and I, we, it was like one of our like, you know group trips you went on a group trip to it also yeah so and that was like it was so exciting and it was like really fun charles where did you see pirates i, I watched one? it not on a group trip i'm sorry <laughs> i, I was go, you feel left out now yeah yeah that's i feel the movie was really enjoyed in a group setting only did I you think, did you enjoy it back well, that's then? what i was about to say is that i never really loved the pirates movie and so maybe a supportive audience is what i was missing yeah i um, think so hooting and hollering it's fun. i remember it? seeing I, like, I, I, I don't know it is man, fun right 
I remember it being very. I haven't revisited. It, I haven't I have, like, either. No interest, and also like the curse of the black pearl. All like, I remember not, is Jeffrey Rush saying like, "You don't believe in ghost stories? You're in one." That's that's. Is that from the first only, one? Really? How, is that the first one or the second one? I think I that's the first. All one. I know is that Johnny that's Depp's iconic, Johnny Depp's right. like like uh, shtick got tired so fast that by the time the second yeah. one came out, I was already like, I don't want to see this. Imagine that's, how that's it feels I'm now. No, I know. Like I just like that's why I walked out. I'm like just eye rolling. I mean, he's just Johnny Depp's got to pay those lawyers. Dude, the fact that uh, it seems like Disney was doing, like, they were purposefully leaving him out of it for a while. Like, the marketing for this one, if you remember, it's been uh, that t- teaser with uh, Javier Bardem Have. telling him to, like, find Jack Sparrow, and he's, like, oozing out of his mouth. And they never show Jack Sparrow. They make it seem like Jack's not in the movie. They're like, right. it's a hunt to find him. And, like, I think that was that trailer was cut probably during the... Amber Heard debacle or something yep, yeah. right. because now they just leaned into it in the last few weeks like look it's, he's back and I don't think people give a fuck about him anymore no they right. don't and there was there was an article about how he's actually like not a money maker at all anymore no like, he's not movies do terribly remember how badly the Alice sequel bombed like yeah no one saw that movie he also yeah. makes like really bad movies so he, makes, like, he makes a lot of bad choices uh, didn't he get nominated for Black Mass <laughs> Best something, no. or at least for Did at least go- a Golden Globe, Golden, yeah, Golden or Globe. the Tourist. A Golden Globe. Oh, the Tourist was him too, and that movie I never saw, but everyone apparently it's just people shit all over that movie. Tourist, IMO, underrated. Really? Yeah, no, Tourist is actually. It's not him as and Angelina Jolie. It's directed by some, some French guy, right? Yeah, I don't What's remember who, but it, it was yeah. a pretty like some pretty French like guy. agile thriller, sexy Euro thriller what about kind of thing. Did y'all see Transcendence? Because I didn't. I absolutely did not see yeah. that. It's amazing. Like this is the like the thing about that. Like you know, I'm a person who sees m- almost every blockbuster, and I like avoided all of those. I I got mad at Transcendence for getting me confused because I always get it confused with the Advantageous now, and it's what is that? That's a movie. Yeah, that's the movie about um the the brain transfer. You didn't see this? It's a sci-fi movie recently. I think Jennifer Pham directed this. Advantageous. Yeah, I haven't heard of it. Wonderful film. I'm gonna have to look that up. Excellent. Fact film. check it because that sounds like a made up movie, Charles. Well, we'll <laughs> go to, to the boards right now <laughs> as we as we continue chatting. Uh, what else did I do this week? I'm just looking at my notes for the pod. Usually, Joe and I just God, wax how many poetically you do? about what we. D- I did a lot this week. All right. Um, I went and saw Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds on Friday night yeah, at King Theater in Brooklyn. Holy shit, you guys! Jennifer Fang is the woman's name who directed. Jennifer this Fang directed Advantageous. Advantageous. Is yep. it good? Yeah, it's no, it's wonderful. Very creative. Uh, very. It's very like an indie. Why haven't I heard of it? Yeah, it was an indie. 2015. Interesting. Wonderful. All right, film. I'm gonna look. Look that up. But yeah, Nick Cave show was great. Just wanted to mention that. Went to a lot of comedy shows this weekend. That's about it. I'm sorry. You got to love yourself. <laughs> uh, stand up, not improv. It's okay. Still. I mean, yeah, that's not much better. Still, though. <laughs> do, you, do you not like laughter in comedy? No, I do. I, I, I do, but I'm very uncomfortable, made, made, by, made uncomfortable by live comedy because I can, like, smell the person's fear of bombing. I've been to, I mean, I, I, when I was living in LA, like, all my friends were comedy people, and all I ever did was. All my like, friends here are comedy people. <laughs> yeah, and it's, they're awful. They're the worst people. But, <laughs> no. like, no, I mean, I, I, like, lived at UCB for a long time, and. Uh, the old one on uh, Sunset. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's uh, a. I think that one's still there now, but there's a second one. Right? Oh no, I mean the one on Franklin. Franklin. That's yeah. The I mean. There's the one on Sunset now. It's the new one. The right. newer one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Franklin's where I used to go and see Douglas movies every week. Right, but if you like, if you like, spend that much time at UCB, you get a little tired of it after a while. I'm sure. I've actually never been to the one here. Which uh, is fascinating. I have, and I've I performed here too. At the I've done stuff at UCB's uh, a couple times, but. 
Um, but Lauren's been doing a lot of stuff there lately. All right, I get it. Good. I can't keep up with her, okay? She's like a phenomenon. What do you want me to do? I know, me neither. We have, we have, a, we have a podcast got, together. I, I, got I haven't a, seen her in a while. I, I was asked to do the Ask Cat monologues, but I declined. Oh, is that I don't, how that works? I don't, I don't know feel how it works. Uh, funny enough. Yeah, I would never. So one, but one, maybe one day. The problem is like I have plenty of stories, but like I... You're very funny. Thank you, but I feel like if they gave me a prompt and I couldn't think of something, I would feel bad. For yourself or for them? For everyone, <laughs> for I would just feel like I'd failed everyone. Like you know, people just kind of fake it. They're like, they're like, oh, the the prompt is parakeet. Well, I once saw a bird at the park, and here's a story that's like about a park. Like you can it's do that, adjacent, but I like yeah. would want to like have it really part of the story. You gotta so make you, some up. You're true to your art. I, I like can't it. do that. I gotta well, be honest. One day you're gonna do it. It'll you gotta live your truth. Any anything else you guys want to bullshit about I, before um, we get into new nightmare? I got something very surprising and alarming in the mail today what um, <coughs> is it jury duty i received a dvd with abc slate of fall pilots um oh some of them are truly shocking i really don't know how much i'm permitted to say but some like you can usually talk about pilots as long as it's uh you point in, in out a that glowing it's the final. capacity no 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 no. i mean every time i <laughs> no one listens to this every time i've written okay. about a pilot you just say like it's not the final cut this isn't a real change. so it's not the final cut uh mm. is there one abominable did, television did, did one stand out is like you know what i'm did going you to watch do? A lot of them? i can um I, I watched a couple of them before i came in today and i'm going to i i'm going to just state <laughs> the premise of one of them without offering any sort of quality <laughs> judgment and you'll understand where i'm at there's a sitcom in which a uh, malcontent office a situation drone. comedy. That's yeah. For those of you okay. listening at home, that that's means an industry term. situational comedy. That's a Never showbiz jargon. Um, uh, sitcom in which how many cameras? Oh my god, eighteen cameras. In eighteen cameras, multi multi office drone malcontent Zachary Braff quits his position to start a podcast company. You're oh, shitting me. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Real television show. Um, so I watched that. Is so you said ABC. So it is that. That's where Scrubs was, right? Uh, I trying suppose. To, they're trying to get Scrubs back. They're in the Braff business, baby. <laughs> that show is actually based on my life. So yeah. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Sorry that they fucked it up so bad. Although Michael Imperioli is there. Are you friends with Michael Imperioli? <laughs> uh, he plays himself. No, yeah. Not anymore. You guys had a falling out. Yeah. It's on the episode fifty. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah. So you watched a bunch of. You're just watching a bunch of pilots. I watched two. Um, How many do they send you? I didn't realize they sent they out. Send pilots all, they like send all. They send all pilots. Yeah, I used to watch it's, all of them. I think it was like three. Because like, how many like of them are going to get picked up? Like, no, no, no. These are the these are picked up. up. These are running uh, in yeah. the fall. That's you why can, I, you can sometimes okay. get um like I. That's I, why I was confused. I had a friend I was like, in LA who's a manager, what? and he used to um have all like the unproduced like the produced ones that weren't picked up. That's um, those. Those are the ones I would want to see. Yeah, but it's it's either like it's depressing either way because either it's like so bad that you're like, what were they thinking, or it's actually good, and you're like, why was this not picked up? So really, that kind of sounds like a win-win for me. <laughs> because I either get to see a secret good TV show or an incredible train wreck. I would love these. If, if it were like, if it were like good bad, yeah. But like most bad TV is just bad. Like most bad TV is not fun to watch. It's just like, like the, f- the following. Theory. Oh, I watched all of the following. You gotta love yourself, man. I know. I watched. I still is watch Supernatural, which is in like its 18th season. That's only a slight. I've seen one episode of that show. Maybe you mentioned it before, and I brought it up. I'm sure it's happened on this show before. But I saw the one episode of that show. With a giant suicidal teddy bear. Ooh. Yeah, it's a it's ridiculous. You, they're <laughs> gonna do Scooby Doo next season. Dude, they, um, what do you mean they're gonna do Scooby Doo? Like they're gonna be in a Scooby Doo. They're gonna be in yeah. They're gonna have sex with Scooby. No, they're gonna be in a Scooby Doo ep- episode. They're I gonna like be crossover animated Scooby Doo. They're gonna be at. There's gonna be an animated episode. I believe they're doing it. It's an, I believe it's animated. Yeah, Scooby Doo style. Wow. Because well, I, they don't have I, anything just, else to do. It's to been be clear, will there be fucking? 
Yeah, no, I think it's yeah. I never because I know the, the brother. Of, uh, the brothers fuck on Supernatural. That's the whole thing, right? They That's the whole do point. Not <laughs> canonically have sex. That's not on the show. That's not on the show. But it's implied. They do talk about the fact that there's fanfic about them where they have sex because in the show, there's a book series based on their lives, and so there's and like a fuck. fandom around them in the in the series in the series and so they're like they have like go to conventions it's gotten stuff. to the point where it's just a meta yeah, yeah, thing it's very meta. No, they, they, they literally go to conventions and like uh this is blowing my mind this is this is it's not safe for a tv show to develop a steadfast insular fan base because it just crawls up its own asshole yeah like it's this, like, this no is. it's like it's like too meta and they like they, they like at one point find out about like slash fic and they're like we're brothers i don't get it like why would you want us to have sex <laughs> do, like, do they oh. kiss on the show they don't kiss but there was a gay couple <laughs> so on the show who was dressed who was they were both cosplaying as them and they were a couple <laughs> so that did happen this is out of control he's a huge i don't know if he's a fan but he tweets a lot about riverdale no, i'm a huge fan he of calls hot, archie it who fucks. hot archie who fucks okay but like riverdale <laughs> fell apart so fast i please discuss this at length riverdale, so about riverdale about had so much promise west craven's new riverdale nightmare <laughs> No, it, it had such promise, and then it followed through by realizing that promise <laughs> over the course of the okay. season. Where where did it go wrong for you? There oh, I don't know. It just like felt. But should I watch it? It's I'll concede that now. there should have been more fucking. Definitely, that's I think one of the weaker points of the show. But that's if they're on network. I mean, what are they going to do? This, a, the CW one track mind. I think that's yeah, no, the criterion I mean, honestly, like by which I, I judge well, no, network when I television. Watching, when I started watching that show, I was like, they're all so beautiful. Like that's I don't actually point. care what I'm watching. Like they're stunning people who don't look like real humans isn't it like the sprouse twins are in it or one of them i don't think it's a mary kate ashley situation i don't know if it was a big daddy situation where they're switching out because of like labor laws are they adults now he's a grown-up did they age yeah i thought he was young julian forever it reminds me of gossip girl is is what i love about it it's like if gossip girl was a comic book um, which is really the only thing missing from Gossip Girl that all the rich hot teens weren't like also you know investigating a murder mystery. There's a lot I liked about it. I just wanted. Will you be back for S two? Yeah, of course they're gonna bring on Sabrina. That's not confirmed, but like it's gonna the happen. The teenage witch. It's gotta happen. The yeah, one and only. Well, well, okay, so they like there was. I swear there was foreshadowing. Melissa Joan Hart. It's not gonna be no, Melissa Joan no, Hart, Melissa and Joan. they already said it would be like a Rosemary's Baby style story, which I don't know what that means and. Like I don't understand what this show is. Dad is All I know is I saw a teaser. We made fun of it on here a lot because it just like looked like Twin Peaks, but it was Archie. That's well, the vibe they're Twin going Peaks, for. That's yeah. It's like it's That's like so weird. It's like if, but I mean, like the show's like if Twin Peaks was good, basically. Hey, fuck you, Twin Peaks. I'm just <laughs> no, but it is like it is nostalgia porn. Like they had this episode where it was like Luke Perry and like Molly Ringwald shows up. Molly Ringwald and you know, Machen Amick. Yeah, she's she's on the show. Really. Yeah, she's uh, uh, Shelly, Shelly, the one and only. And they go to like like this dance, and they sing "Kids in America" from Clueless. I mean, not from Clueless, but like a song popularized by Clueless. And I was like, this is like '90s nostalgia porn. Like, who the audience for this is like the best scene of all is when Josie and the Pussycats perform "I Feel Love" by Donna Summer at like the school (laughs) dance. It's it's an amazing television show. Josie and the Pussycats (laughs) talk about how they're very they're very serious band. Please take our lyrics seriously. And they'd all talk about how, like, you know, they're coming at it as black women because Archie comes in and is like, I want to do my songs. Or like, you. Archie's like a boy. shitty Ed Sheeran. That's like an important yeah, thing to Archie understand. Archie totally <laughs> sucks. And, like, to their credit, they're like, they're like, you know, y- you check your privilege, whatever. But then they sing Sugar, Sugar, and you're like, what is the deeper meaning to this? Uh, they're reclaiming honey, honey. Sugar, Sugar. <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, I will keep watching. I love Archie's fake red hair. And his real. Wait, they didn't even cast a real redhead as Archie. No, they cast they cast a KJ Apa. He is half Samoan, which is cool, like The Rock. Okay. And uh, he has an incredible body and fake red hair. 
He's very handsome. I'm very confused. Uh, you've convinced me to watch it, though. It's outstanding. With this conversation. Yeah, no, it's... it's how many, is it 10 episodes or more? Or it's more? like 13, 13, I'm going to say. Oh, they're pushing it. No, they'll fly by. You'll love them. And, and it's a lot of fun because when you go on the CW website to watch them, every time there's a little well, commercial break. Well, it's on Netflix now. It's on Netflix now. So, oh, shit. so you don't I get to hear their little stinger where they go, the CW. Dare to defy. Dare to defy. There's That's only like, one I live show for that. I've ever watched on the CW, and I love it. That's crazy. Crazy girlfriend. girlfriend is the best. Yeah. yeah. Anywho. <sighs> anyway. I think it's time for the main event. I forgot what this podcast was about. For Me a too. Was, uh, this is not the I Hot Archie Who Fucks podcast. The, the Riverdale I've, done, I, I've done a Riverdale podcast before. so like I Of course, there's, there's probably like 18 Riverdale yeah. podcasts right now. If you type in Twin Peaks, this is before the, the revival. If you typed in Twin Peaks to iTunes for like podcasts, yeah. there's like 400. What do they talk about? I don't understand. Yeah. They talk about how, how I, terrible you know the entire second season is. I mean, I would love talking about like Miss Twin Peaks forever, but. Oh, I would love talking about Miss Twin Peaks. I love talking about like Nadine's horny phase. Like, Are you mean her statutory rape storyline? <laughs> yeah, you mean, you mean hot Nadine one. who fucks? Yeah. And the. Her making those drapes. I don't I know. Can't the silent she, drape runners. I can't decide yeah. if she scares me because of people under the stairs or if she's just like a scary person. It scares me because of the eye patch. Eye patches are frightening. You can't tell <laughs> if someone's he, like looking at you. you sure. hate, that's why you didn't like pirates. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. That don't make sense now. It's clicking. <laughs> um, but seriously, the new series is rough for me. Really? I can't stand it. I could talk it, about this at length. Did you have, get? I gave you the. I gave you the info. Did you watch it? The Twin Peaks, yeah, I, I've seen the new ones. You do not like the new ones. That let me let me predict something. You're you're a you were a bigger Twin Peaks fan than you were a David Lynch movie fan. Oh yeah, no, I'm not a David Lynch person. I knew there that I knew that I wasn't. I knew going into it that I wasn't going to be into this it. This isn't for you. It's not for me, and that's why I'm like I'm not like you're. Don't wrong you think if you it's like interesting it. though? I just think it's like a bold middle finger to I don't know who. I guess fans like you, unfortunately. But I don't think it's no. And I wasn't. A, I came into Twin Peaks. I just watched Twin Peaks. I wasn't like a diehard fan. I like just watched it. Okay. So I. But I, you liked the series. Before I liked now. parts of the series. I think the series itself is also like really dated. It's a and mess. Not aged well at all. It's a mess. And I don't just mean like, ha- you know, having Pepper Laurie play an Asian man. Like, I mean, there's a lot that's just not <laughs> that aged well about dumb. it. And uh, and I think that people remember it really fondly because it did some things really, really well. Right. Um, and then there are the people like me who watched that show because it was, it had those Lynchian things that like, you know, like Eraser had. Just like weird, right? surreal, whatever bullshit term people call it. That's why I liked it, and that's why I was frustrated by it a lot, the original, because it clearly wasn't Lynch's thing anymore after right. like the very beginning of two, season two. So I couldn't be more fucking excited that it's just an 18-hour David Lynch movie now, like a nightmare. That's like, and that is my actual nightmare, is watching like an 18-hour David Lynch movie. I'll do it. You're gonna you're gonna power through. Yeah, because it's like part of the you know I'm an. This is like the third thing so far. We've been like I didn't like it. I mean I'll obviously keep watching. I watch (laughs) I watch so much shit I hate. I watch Rain. Okay, what is that? It's a show about is there Mary a show Queen about raining? Oh, okay. It's about, that Mary, it's about Mary Oh, Queen it's R E I G. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I should have <laughs> pronounced it right. Rain. Uh, <laughs> but I watched that's on the CW and I watch it because it's hot royals who fuck and also nice. because uh it's co-opting your thing here. Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> I really like a show where I know it's going to end horribly for the main character. <laughs> like Things I know so hot so, no, like, so you're stuff. a big fan of Bates Motel. Yes, <laughs> I love Bates Motel. Like, but honestly, no, she's down. like so she's like, you know, she and she and Elizabeth are like, you know, at like at each other's throats. I'm like, well, she's gonna imprison her for like a long ass time and then behead her. Like that's what happened. <laughs> so like there's this is not going see, anywhere good. See that to me sounds like it'd be boring because it's like I know what's gonna No, because they've actually like they've done they've done cool stuff and then like, you know, the, it's a it was a 
decent show for a while. Is they, it gone? Is it over? This is the last season. Mm. The rain is ending. The rain is ending, and I hope it has like a flash forward to her. Is the headline on your like wrap up article gonna be? I can see clearly now that rain is gone. Um, I mean, no, you can, I can use, use that. that. That's well, no, that's all you. <laughs> no, I probably will never write about rain. I did write about it in right as the rain? first season, but I will probably not write about it again. <laughs> sure. Oh my god, I want to talk about weird fringe TV. I'm here shows for the now. rain. Content. It's a it's a real show with it's, really hot people. It's on it. I don't believe like half the things y'all. That title, I know I'm gonna today. get it confused with Kings with Ian McShane, which bangs. That TV show was so good. Kings. Kings, That's where he was like he's either. a monarch of America. That's like a canceled but brilliant, brilliant but canceled. Excuse me. Correct. TV show. Correct. You saw it too? No, I just know oh. that it's on those lists of brilliant but canceled. It's oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Is it's, that was that on Stars? NBC, baby. What? Yep. That was before stars had TV shows. Ah, I am. My mind is blown. I don't know about. Does a lot anyone of listen to this? Like, do people just skip over to like the stuff they want to hear, or do people listen? No, to people the listen to thing? people like the bullshit. Is Great. My do people like any part of this podcast? I, I don't know. That one guy liked the <laughs> Lewis's episode. Yeah. Okay. People uh, because Lewis tweet is a fucking volcano of charisma over here. Oh I can't, my god! I can't sit next volcano to this. Volcano of charisma. Let's take that energy and harness it <laughs> into Wes Craven's new nightmare. Finally, 45 minutes in. Great. We're Jesus. getting to it. Isn't that great? It flies by, right? Is that great? I th- Yes, to me it is. <laughs> As the host, I'm like, jackpot, we're doing it. All right. No, I'm in. Um, so I wanted to ask, I already asked you earlier, what is your c- like connection with this movie? I know you talked to Wes Craven about it because it was the anniversary. Can I tell you my first memory of this movie Please. was yeah. being at a Planet Hollywood and wow. already i was uh, i was very afraid of nightmare on elm street growing up i don't know if i mentioned that last time that i had a serious freddy krueger phobia like okay. i like i was very like scared like i'd go to blockbuster and like look at the video boxes and then like get really upset and run away like it was a thing i was very afraid of freddy krueger and like That's what i he was wants. and somehow i knew the series had ended like i i guess i knew freddy's dead you, re- you read the trades as a kid yeah, well i was like i was 8 when this happened uh but i was at planet hollywood and a trailer for new nightmare came on and it was and I saw Freddy Krueger, and it ruined my whole dinner, which was already bad because it was Planet Hollywood. <laughs> chicken um, fingers ruined. Chicken fingers with Cap'n Crunch coating. Is what? what is that what they do there? Yes, they do. That sounds pretty dank. Probably. Why would they be catering to stoned 13-year-olds? <laughs> because Why would that's that be the there? whole aesthetic. They're still in business. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, what am I saying? We should get Cap'n Crunch chicken chicken. They're literally, there's there's one right here, isn't I there? I know. Let's I haven't been since I visited New York the only time I visited New York when I was a kid. That's the last time I was there. My my friend was in a production of something recently, and the after party was at Planet Hollywood, and we laughed about it a lot. Um, <laughs> so I, you saw a trailer. Anyway, yeah, saw a trailer. That's like uh, 1994 or maybe 93. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was a dark time. Earthquake. Yeah. The earthquake happened. That earthquake happened, and, and they like used in the movie. it in the film. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then I, yeah, and then I watched it years later, and then I was really into it because um, I think it's a cool, you know, step forward for meta horror. Yes, that is a good starting point for the conversation. Um, I don't want to say this is one of the first meta horror movies, but it's definitely one of the big like mainstream ones. Because I think Fright Night had come out already. Fright Night wasn't quite on the same level, but it you know dealt with like horror fandom and right, like those right. vampires are real maybe like so it horror had you know poked at that, but I think this is the. This is when it kind of comes to fruition. Would you, no would more, you no more tip business. Yeah, this is the whole thing. Tit business? No more, just the tip. Um, oh, tip. <laughs> I said tit. Me too. 
We can edit that out, right? That's, yeah, we'll edit we can, out the, we can the snip tit that right business. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I that, and that's the big thing is that I think people hold this movie in relatively high esteem because it did uh, make a pretty big stride as far as self-reflexive horror goes. But I do ultimately still consider this to be like the flawed warm-up to Scream. I think you see Wes Craven experimenting with a lot of the narrative techniques and a lot of the themes that he would realize with more clarity and more force in, in Scream. This is a... To make a time appropriate David Lynch comparison, I'd say this is the lost highway to um, to Scream's uh, Mulholland Drive. Interesting. Wes Craven also considers this to be the flawed, like really, uh, like I'm down with Wes, yeah. Like that that Scream like took this and made it better. Interesting. Uh, what else like stuck in your mind from that conversation with Wes about? Oh this? God, a lot. I mean, like I thought it was interesting that he was just talking about what he did wrong and like. I think that Scream is about the audience and he was like the problem with New Nightmare is that it's about like the filmmaker and it's not as it's, it's about Heather. It's about right, her it's family. About the actor. It's yeah. not it's not really about it's not it's breaking the fourth wall, but not in a way that's accessible to a lot of people. Yeah, that's I interesting. I think it's too insular is you got going, you know, talking around um to the real Wes Craven in the movie and they talk with like Robert Englund who gives them like a Zen sort of like riddle or whatever. Right. Bob Shea but is in it. Bob Shea's <laughs> in it. But he did, he also, I mean, his other thing, which I think I mentioned last time, was that he thinks that the makeup was a huge mistake, which it right. is. Right. And in the documentary, uh, Never Sleep Again, which I watched just before this, he says this. He says that, but then he also says there are some days when I think it's a great choice. He goes, he, so at the time you talked to him, he, he was that fully, it was a, that it, was, it like, was a mistake. Yeah, it was a mistake. Interesting. I don't agree with that, though. Do you? I do, only because the rationale behind it is so silly that it's not It's the really rationale that... Robert England is Freddy, and this is this Freddy is Freddy. This is this is the demon that like that this is the persona. This is like just no. It's like the, whatever evil is in the world is taking the form of Freddy. The idea is that like there is evil in the world, and that we use films to process that. Like we process things with creating these characters, and so whatever force evil force there is like in this universe like used freddy in that way but when we see him with the weird makeup that's like the real version of that versus like what we see in nightmare movies i think that's dope (laughs) sure i mean like i think like once once you hear it phrased that way it's dope but i think that's not apparent there's also no reason why it couldn't just be like it could have just been him in normal Freddy makeup, and sure. so it would make sense that he's like. It would make sense, but I see what they were. I see what it was going for. Like it looks scarier. Like I yeah, think it, like, did, it has like made, a Nosferatu look to it. They made subtle changes to the makeup in every movie, and they could have done something that was a little bit less. This is dramatic. Different. So in this yeah. one, the makeup is instead of like burns, his face kind of looks like. Like what you would like if you were doing like an autopsy and you were cutting someone's face open and you saw like muscles. Sure, if you were doing that. If you were just doing that, yeah. you know, for fun, that's kind of what it looks like. It looked like more like his skin was split than it was burned. Uh, the hand, the glove, yeah, it has it had bones and muscles. Sure. That yeah, was that yeah, was a bridge yeah. too far, I think. It just okay. lo- it just looks stupid. Well, I think I don't I have think like a moral thing about at it. At this point, the this was the first Wes Craven fronted movie in in the series in a while. The past since like, the first couple. one. Since since the first, I thought it was this. He had not done the second one. That's no, right, no, he was. They came back to him almost no, since the third one. Yeah, he wrote the third one. Right? Oh, he right, didn't right, right. Direct. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, and so what I'm saying is that. Well, didn't they? Did they use his draft for three? Didn't they throw it out and do something else? Am I crazy? I believe it's. I mean, I they might have changed stuff but i believe it's still him. it's still his script point okay. being is that i, I see yeah. west craven like returning to the franchise and wanting to clear house a little bit like he i think he'll, pushed he'll, the he'll needle, say that too. um in in the other direction you know freddie had been made out to be like a sort of goofy clowny ass character and he wanted to reinstill 
the power to create fear and i think what we see is in, in the muscle glove and the, the face makeup is almost uh going too far in the other direction i think like it's almost um goofy well yeah he said what he what he said when pitching this well first of all bob shea apparently had to call him and be like Give, uh, Which basically he, happens in the movie. Right. The, he basically calls him and says, uh, I hear you thought you've been like wrong by this franchise, so why don't you make it right? And to the uh, to the point like it got to the point where he like signed over mer- some merchandising rights to Wes before they got made this movie. So like Wes got back in back in the saddle for it. Right. Um I mean the other thing about this movie is that it's also supposed to be a commentary on the way people talk about horror. And totally. Like, is it affecting our children? Right. So that was the big question. And um, when I talked to him, it was a lot about that and how he felt like as someone who had, like, taught Greek tragedy that, like, there's been plenty of, like, horrific violence in, you know, in art for a long ass time. Uh, but, yeah, to, like, explore the idea of, like, what would happen to the child of, like, a screen queen. Like, what fucked up things has that kid seen or, like, picked up on? And, like, what damage does that does that do ultimately? That's interesting. So this movie is very much, I feel like, a response almost to, like, the series, as Wes has mentioned and we've mentioned, like, it totally, it kind of favored comedy over horror at some point. Uh, like, the last one especially, or Freddy's oh, Dead. Oh, God. Did you, I Bitch. thought Freddy's Dead was so much better than Dream Child. The fifth one? Are you kidding? Dream Child, is that right? Freddy's Dead is, like, way worse than Dream Child. I had so much fun with Freddy's Dead. We, we got a I hardcore Fredhead over here. Huge Fredhead. No, I, I really, I really like three. I really like four. Five was a bore, I thought, and then six had. I like Alice it has a lot. The, it's pretty much the the deaf killer, the deaf kid death sequence. Yeah, that is like I think that's one of the best kills in the franchise. Oh, I can't. I have to look away with the Q-tip stuff. That is what I'm talking about. I know it's, it's horrifying. It is. I hate it. I hate it's it. It's the most horrifying thing. And I'm thinking about it right now. I'm touching my ear. It's yeah, like, I know. It's I hate bad. it. I don't want to talk about it. So that scene, and then like not even just that, but like that scene is like a 10 minute torture scene. Yeah, but that's like you know <laughs> it's what like you know the, what the chalkboard that's just like a less, and the pins. That's, a, that's like a shittier version of of Terran and Dream War- and Dream Warriors. Yeah, the whole alley like that very very dark alley death scene. Yeah, where she's like shot up. The, 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 and, and the yeah. like and the, the blue the syringes that, his, yeah. his his glove turns into yeah God, so, so much differences about six aside uh <laughs> <laughs> this one was west just saying we're gonna make freddy scary again and he's not this lovable figure but i i love that um in the world of the movie which is i guess supposed to be the real world like that talk show scene is like yeah. one of my favorite freddy scenes it's just like this where he is, quotes freddy's revenge yeah it's amazing um Cut out the pause. I'm something. No, just keep pausing. Keep on. Oh my god. Keep on pausing. Um. So let's talk about what the movie's actually about. Well, the movie yeah. opens with a dream sequence that you don't know. You know, you don't know it's a dream sequence. Um, I think this is a great scene with Freddy's hand coming to life and yeah, murdering the effects guys. Yeah, and I think I can't remember. There was talk about that too. That like I don't know if that's how it originally opened. There it wasn't, wasn't. There wasn't enough death in the movie, so they added like more because it was like a very the kill count was very low interesting the the there might be i'm sure there's something to that as well but uh, what wes said and what someone said about wes in the documentary is that there was this really long-winded opening with wes like prying his own eyes open to stay awake and like writing down his dreams and like figuring out that he has to write this screenplay to like save himself. It was just like long winded intro. And then he said, yeah, I didn't want to do all that. So I just like did the opening scene where I'm just in my lavish 
penthouse and talking about <laughs> doing it, which I thought was hilarious. Um, I really wish that I like I gotta like figure out if like that like that house looks so much like I was gonna ask you if that was house, his house, and I don't know if it was, and I wish I should be able to like know that for sure. If you watch it again, I'm sure you you should you don't think you'd be able to be like oh this I've is watched it his since house. then I don't huh. and I I don't know I have a really bad memory. Uh. I don't think it was actually his house, but like that house, like it's not Could similar be. to his actual house. Could be interesting. Um, so the movie, you realize that. Uh, so Heather Langenkamp, that was her dream at the beginning, and then you just kind of are uh, follow her and her life. So Heather Langenkamp, who starred in the first Nightmare movie, is um, is the star of this movie. She's playing herself. Uh, it's very meta from the very beginning. Uh, her husband, it turns out, is like secretly working on a new Freddy movie and making the glove. Right, and and her husband in real life is a special effects. Her guy. husband in real life is yeah, right. Well, they have a special effects makeup studio or makeup. I guess it's just more makeup now. I don't know. Interesting. They do. Yeah. When I when I went to interview her, they were doing American Horror Story, uh, freak show. So like when I interviewed her, I went back to like the studio, and there are all the designs for like Twisty the Clown. Oh my god, that's scary. Uh, yeah, it's terrifying. The show was not good, but that show was bad. I uh, was gonna say I didn't re- I didn't realize she was even in that. No, she was. They were there was a makeup. Like, she oh, wasn't, did the makeup? Right, she was not in the show. Oh, that makes sense. I was gonna say I didn't notice her. No, they were designing the. They were like doing like the they did creature designs. Oh, that's yeah, so yeah. cool. Good for them. Yeah, and she does it too. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm just excited to learn all these. Yeah, things. Look, I'm glad she's getting work. Um, there's also a, there's a lot of things in the movie that are pulled from real life uh, that they note in the documentary. Like you know, there's this plot line throughout. The there's a stalker calling. Right, the stalker was real too. There's a stalker calling Heather the whole time that is clearly just Freddy, or it's supposed to be Freddy, I think. But in real life, she had a stalker that would call her and threaten her to the point where apparently she had to move. Yeah, and it wasn't even like a rabid nightmare fan it, no, was, a it was a fan, fan of, of her tv show her sitcom which i forget what it was called yeah. 10 is enough or 10 is eight is enough it wasn't eight is enough but it had the word 10 just in it. 10 of us just the 10 of us in That's this it. economy <laughs> <laughs> yes so ten of us? so west seems to just be having fun just like throwing real life shit in here there's ref- tons of references to the original nightmare yeah it's just like so many of the nightmare movies i mean they, they kind of have homages to like a lot of the nightmare movies even the ones that he was not as into like I, you know, I, I think he would wish. He, I think he wished the nightmare, that Freddy's revenge, like never happened, and yet still references it. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that she, like, it was supposed to be very close to her, obviously. But the thing that was like very different was that she was super into Nightmare, the real Heather. Ah, I is see. like really into like the Nightmare series and like being part of it. Really, and the character in the movie is very, very apathetic. Right, and trying to kind of distance herself from that. Heather doing like con appearances and whatnot. Yeah, sure she, she, she yeah. produced a documentary about right, 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 right. Nancy. So there were so many funny details from the doc. Like, first of all, that kid actor I think is so bad. Miko Hughes. Miko Hughes. Miko Hughes from Pet Cemetery. I was gonna say Miko Hughes from Full House. That's what I remember him as. You, you don't remember He's him as Gage in I Pet Cemetery? I do remember Cemetery? him in Pet Cemetery, but I also remember him as a kid who gets his head. I think no. Is it him who gets his head stuck in the banister? I don't know. But do you know, movies, y'all don't you know, know what, every episode of Full I House. Don't, you know what movie is really terrifying? Pet Cemetery. Yeah. That movie is so scary. It is. We talked about it on our cave series, I believe. I still think about that movie and it's very frightening. Yeah. Upsetting it is. There's uh Roman Polanski repulsion reference in New Nightmare. When? The uh when her wall gets clawed. He mm. said that was purposely like 
trying to be like repulsion. My homage de repulsion. Yeah. yeah so okay. uh, I've been trying. I've been looking at that article that I wrote, trying to pull interesting things out because you know it's been a while. Sure. Totally. It's um, been a while. But I did think it was interesting Saint. that she that she said there's this one part that I thought was really cool, where she said that this was the first movie she did nightmare movie where she was genuinely afraid. Like interesting. That she herself he, felt fear. She felt fear. Wow. Well, they were saying like that. that she w- said when when he like when he's when he's a snake and he's like wrapping around her throat. Oh, that it felt thing? like this. Like she yeah. said, it felt like a really mean spirited sexual power. Wow. That was like that made her like feel fear. Nice. That's really creepy. Um, Where I think that the, I think that that's when the movie really falls apart for me. Though is like, like as the movie goes on, it falls apart more and more for me. Totally. Like, the climax is when I'm like, eh, I you know. Yeah, like when they she eats the sleeping pills that he leaves and like goes to hell and it just finds yeah, it it's stuff. like a, it's a bridge too far. Anytime you're trying to kill Freddy, it's just like a dumb like. There's no way to do it right, and each one of them, his deaths and other ones were better than they were in this one, which is supposed to be like you know the big finale, right? Um, well, it, what, but it's not really because it's like more of a standalone movie. I guess yeah, it doesn't have yeah. It's not like Freddy's Dead where it has the like you know it's Freddy's to be Dead's like, the one where they or, fucking shove a pipe bomb right, on them or Jason goes to hell or like you know a movie that's supposed to be like this is gonna end the character forever even though it totally won't. So one of my favorite like that, details, that. Um, I think it was for Freddy's Dead. Yeah, well for Freddy's Dead they had a they held a funeral at Hollywood Cemetery for Freddy like as like a PR thing. Amazing. Yeah, like you there's just photos and video from like like Rachel Talale like all right, all right, <laughs> grave. Yeah. yeah, it's incredible. Where do you think um New Nightmare stacks up in the pantheon of self aware horror, self reflexive horror? Um I think it deserves a lot of credit for like putting Bra- its breaking foot that ground. Yeah. I don't think I really don't think and I, I tried to get Kevin Williamson to talk to me for this. Mm. And he wouldn't? He was gonna get a hold of him. He was doing not? the following. He was busy. <laughs> uh but uh, from what Wes said, there it was like very. He was very deliberate. Like it was a clear influence. Like he, you know, he took stuff out of that movie and was like, "How can we make this work?" Um, and like Scream was written with that in mind. But I think that like obviously Scream is a better version. Oh yeah. And Cabin in the Woods. Is Cabin in the Woods is one of my favorites. It's not as good as Scream. Yeah. Ooh. See, it's I think not. I think Cabin in the I Woods is better is. than Scream. But what? I think Cabin in the Woods I think is it's personal preference higher concept, and I think that it is more pleasurable to watch. I think but like, Scream is like the perfect movie. I don't know about that. The original Scream I th- is excellent. I really enjoy. I like them all. I like Scream uh, three. I like Hellraiser eight. Hell is that the World. one that opens with? Is it Liv Schreiber? Oh yeah, the the, the Liv Schreiber scene. Yeah, that's Scream three. Yeah, I th- that one's okay. I guess. Which one has Jay and Silent Bob in it? <laughs> Scream three, <laughs> yeah, that one's great. Carrie Fisher, <laughs> yeah, Scream dude. Three. Um, I don't really. Re- I I remember the like joy of being able to watch Scream four in a theater. Me too, and I was so and excited. I was happy. And honestly, that movie yeah. is like actually pretty fun. It's not bad. No, I don't know if it gets a bad rap or anything, but I think it's it was it's sol- it's great. It's sad that it's his last. Spoiler movie, alert for Scream four. Yeah, but uh, Emma Roberts is like one of the actual greatest villains of all. Like she, yeah, she did a great job. Yeah. She's like a great. Uh, she plays a lot of bitchy characters. Yeah, but like I, I believed it in Scream Four. Right, like this is her. But I have I, a friend who went to camp with her and tells me the horror stories. Yeah, I'm sure. Time. I like the uh, opening of Scream Four. Yeah, that's a good one. I that it's was like very super. Uh, I already don't remember it's it. A but Russian oh, wait, it's like doll. It's just like right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. just keeps doing it over and over. I do no. think it's, it's interesting though because like all those movies also play with the idea of like what it what is like what are horror movies doing to young people? That's like a big part of doing to what. To young people, it's oh, like, what? How yeah. are these movies like fucking up teens? Um, but I think that's like 
I don't know. I don't love that about. Them. But no, but it's but it's always saying that it's not like the whole point of like Billy and Stu is that like that's just an excuse. Like they're not right. actually they're fucked disturbed up because of horror movies. They're but just that's like, how they channel it. Yeah, they're just using that. Yeah, I, I think the the great unheralded metafictional horror film is Hellraiser Eight Hellworld. Oh yeah, really? Hell yeah! Are you familiar <laughs> with the film? Hell yeah! Is Hell that yes. the one? Is that the one? Wait, is Lance Henriksen in that? No. What, no. What's the one where they're at? Like, there's a party. And yeah. No. Then I guess maybe is it is that, that one. I don't know if Lance Hen- Henriksen is in it. He might be. I don't remember seeing him, but I do remember loving this film. Um, yeah. No. It is. It's. It's. Um. This takes place in a universe where in the Hellraiser films exist, and players there. There's a video game called Hellworld through which you can kind of play. Oh, out that's right. The Hellraiser uh, mythos and the Lance Henriksen is in that movie. Lance Henriksen is in the picture. Yeah. He's like. He's. He's the. He's plays the host. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'm uh We did that series. Also Henry Cavill is in that movie. Oh my god. I just remember that. That's His arms nuts. get cut off, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're ripped off, I think. <laughs> ripped. Sure. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Not not uh, to be a pedant, but uh No, 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 no. You're totally right. Uh no, I, I love it. It's it's like they go to he the loves house that for a despite r- how fucking awful. I just want you to know that um <laughs> that that Gary Tunnicliffe was not credited as bound Cenobite. Ah, uh, that's a tough call. Poor Gary, this was gonna be his big break. But Mike J. Reagan was Play, did play Melted Face Cenobite and was credited. <laughs> Ton of Cliff, I think, Melted is like Face a Melted Face Cenobite just had a better agent. <laughs> uh, are you guys a big fans of uh, Candyman, 1992? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it. Candyman's it's good. It's been a while. It doesn't like, stay in your memory. No, it just, it's been a long to time. To me, that is... It does what um, New Nightmare does as, like, as text in Candyman. Pardon me. In Candyman, I think it's, like, subtext. You know in that terms movie of like being about It's like, about like believing in something right. that may thus making it real. That one that movie has its own like, you know, racial tensions yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that movie I'm sure people have written extensively about. But I do want to give it though. not enough probably I, I haven't read enough. Um I do think that movie should get some credit for not quite starting the meta movement, but for taking horror to that level. I don't know. I, I want. I just want. I'm just really eager to rewatch you Candyman. Watch Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're you're leading the critical reappraisal of Candyman. Yeah. Sure. Uh, great movie. I wa- <laughs> the last time I watched it, it was on at my friend's house on like WGN, and it was there was commercials every ten minutes, and I still watched all. You of made it. it through. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. Um. So back to New Nightmare. What is there to say about it? What are, uh, What can I'm we just, highlight? I'm, I'm talking about me more. Sorry. I'm just no. Please. That's totally again. fine. Um, um. This is wait. This is the part that like I thought was cool. Was when she when Heather was talking about uh, the movie, she would slip and call Robert Freddy. <laughs> wow! And I was like, "This is so meta." Yeah, and she uh, was like, that's my oh whole my story. That I thought that was cool. Wes <laughs> um, Craven's New Nightmare was basically a documentary. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Bob Shea can't act. That's the other thing. No, he's not good at poor guy. Uh, yeah, uh, Bob Shea sucks though. We he talked does about suck. this. He was he was such a dick to me when I did my my nightmare well, two story. Well, he comes off everyone. They clearly edit around the fact that everyone hates him in the documentary, right? <laughs> um, so this movie we talked about is like about the effects of horror on children. It's also kind of a commentary on like Heather being like you know linked to this movie forever yeah and i like that too i like i love talking to people actors who have been in, jo- in genre stuff about how much of their lives are dominated by it and it's a lot probably. and the fact that they a lot of them can never really like find steady work and it's not you know some of them are not good actors and some of them are and they just like you kind of get they boxed get pegged, in yeah. and 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 you 
end up making a living going to conventions nonstop. And that becomes like all that you do is making appearances and like being associated with this movie. You did like three episodes of Star Trek and now that's your entire life. Um, and I feel like it doesn't it's sound like, like I, don't, I wouldn't want that. I fit. like that exploration of fandom, and this is like a very early version of that because you know conventions were a little bit more like niche at the time. But whereas like now everyone goes to Comic Con, but I think that's like a it's a cool way to like look at what happens to someone who's like a scream queen. I agree. I want to see what Charles has to say. I was just looking at him. I don't know. I <laughs> I don't have so much to add. I mean, I I feel like the things we're talking about are present but not engaged with um the the idea about you know this is not incisive in into fame or like the lasting effects of this very specific strain of fame for me i i think it's a movie that sounds much better than it actually is when you watch it new nightmare yeah i think it has that it has that like wink wink nudge nudge thing it doesn't it, for most for the most part it doesn't but then it has like those moments where like you see the script right and it's like I think a lot of people fucking like go go ape shit for that and think, think it's like awesome. Like this is like, the movie that we're like, yeah, that's like this, this that's is like, the movie we're it's watching. It's like when people, you know, people who think Inception is like the most ins- amazing movie ever uh, or something. Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that it's like it's it's a very routine Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It's about you know like Freddy stalks people in the dreams. They try to get him. Like it's, you know what it's makes the it same a- deal, but with like proper nouns that we recognize. I, yeah, Ooh, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that it like is definitely better in theory than in practice yeah but i just have a lot of affection for it i think because it does try some really innovative things even if it's not totally successful and, and that's what i'm saying is that i think that this is more a necessary um than it's good a stepping than stone good film. yeah exactly right and i when you said it was like the other one just like it's a typical nightmare film i do agree but i think there's something there's something more to it because that i don't know if it's the first the first death scene that's not the opening scene when her husband dies in the car accident thing. Which is really similar to how... It's Alice's boyfriend, right? In the... Uh, with the motorcycle one? Yeah. Yeah. It's similar to that, but the way it's played in this, because you care about... He- it sounds like dumb, but like because you care about Heather yeah. and you care about Dylan, that scene is fucking like intense. It like... Yeah. When it's over, I was like... I felt something. I was like, wow. Like, I actually cared about a victim in a nightmare movie, it, which I don't know if I appreciate it or not. I think it's like, I, I almost wish I didn't. I was like, kill these people. I don't want to feel things. I'm glad to hear that you got there um, because yeah. I was not able to. I, I, I <laughs> applaud that you were able to tap into the film on that level. But uh, Oh, I was. It is. It is. I mean, it's because definitely better. And also, yeah. it's a movie that, like, deals with grief in a way that, like, sure. most slasher movies don't. Yeah, and that's what I think is it's very interesting because maybe it's because I watched a documentary too, but it's like when I was watching it, I was just like, Heather does have a husband who does this. Heather right. does have a son. This must be like inte- like shitty for her to make. Like I just like felt I felt for her as a like, actress more than like her character, well, I, uh, which is weird. I recently saw a film called The Big Sick. I saw that as well, which is like Kumail Nanjiani's nude nightmare. <laughs> I would you should. Oh God! I wish that was your tweet review for that movie. <laughs> you got to tweet about it um, again. Yeah, where where it was the same thing where I feel like these must be details of this person's personal life that they're uncomfortable with with laying bare, and I wish that that was um, more you know evident in the film. I I don't get. I I get that they're going into Heather Langenkamp's life, but I don't see like um, they don't dig dig deep enough. I I, I want to get the sense of like really how this makes her feel rather than just approaching it. Interesting. So then uh, HBO's Crashing would be Pete Holmes's new nightmare. That's my nightmare. That's, that's my <laughs> eternal nightmare. So I enjoyed Crashing. I watched is all of it. Is that an unpopular opinion? It is Ooh, an unpopular opinion. Actually, it's, amongst com- comedy circles, it would be an unpopular opinion. Amongst 
no- normal dads. people. Like my parents thought it was great. North Dakota dads. So you can't be. Yeah, no, I know. It. I mean, like I have a fondness for Pete Holmes. Because so do I. You made it weird. Time, changed my life. Every time I've you know met him and he hasn't remembered me, I've just felt like really special. <laughs> and so I just like want to support his work since we're like super close. Um, Are you a podcast <laughs> fan of his as well or no? No. Just a comedy fan. Yeah, I just think yeah, and you know. See, to me, the show was underwhelming because I was a podcast fan because of what we we're just talking about. I know so much about Pete Holmes's personal life, right? That watching it play out week by week, yeah. I was like, I know what's gonna happen. I'm this glad is, it's not like that show like requires dramatic, you know, drama, right? But it's just like it felt insincere. It feels insincere when you know too much. I don't That's know. That's fair. I don't know. There was there, there, there was plenty. It had its moments. Like I watched, it, but I, but I, but I enjoyed it. I watched every and episode. And also, like God. Like thank God it's a half hour. Like I can't believe they're asking oh, me to watch an hour long show about comedy. Oh yeah, yeah. is that yeah. I'm dying of dying Oh yeah, is an hour long. hour long baby. Produced by Jim. King, no, I, I I am not a big fan of Crashing, but I do think that it's long overdue that we do finally have a TV show that in no small way is about getting cucked. <laughs> <laughs> it it feels very of its time. Yeah, no, it's I think that, well, like well, now more now more than ever. All that part, all that stuff is very true. But I like, but also like he was a very religious weird person, and he got cucked. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, I just, like, I do like that, like, we got, a, we got like, a whole genre of, like, and I think this is actually a little different, because the com- there's a lot of TV shows with comics where they play fictionalized versions of themselves. Like, that's a very common thing, and they have, like, slightly different names, but, like, they're basically the- themselves. Yeah, like, T.J. Miller plays basically. But, like, I also... Like Jerry Seinfeld's television show, Seinfeld? <laughs> I've never heard of that, but I, but, like, I'm talking about, like, show- there are other shows, like Don't Trust the Bee, where it's, like, James Van Der In Apartment is- 23? Correct. Where James Vanderbeek is playing James Vanderbeek, and it's like his career is like a plot point. Like he's yeah. like his inability to like get work. Like it's like that's part of that's what the show's about. He also so plays himself in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. That is also true. Um, <laughs> he calls himself the boy. He's Jason Derbeek. Biggs is the pie fucker. He's Dawson. Yes. No. I I I like. I don't know. I always enjoy that. I know it's like it's often really gimmicky and dumb, but I when it's done well, I really enjoy like actors playing themselves. Being John Malkovich is a classic because John Malkovich had a really good sense of humor about himself. Right. Like he's yep. willing to be the guy who took himself way too seriously. Kind of being glorious guy. The, I wonder if it holds up. It's been years since I watched it. but It I does. That's my favorite movie for a long holds time. Holds up big time. Great. Um, anything, final words on uh, New Nightmare? Um, how, do, how would you rank it in your Freddy canon? Uh, did I did I rank this as part of my piece? I might actually look into that. I do don't you, know. Before, when he looks um, that up, do you I, have any? I ranked it. I know I, you ranked I, it too. I don't remember where I put it. Off the top of your head, where do you think it was? I, it was probably like right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. This would be, I, I think, like middle, lower half of the middle. Lower like, half. Of I'd the middle. say it would be like in my third quartile. I think if I, I'm going to put this in SAT language, what's your is your favorite like three or four? My favorite ever is one. Well, yeah, besides that, then three. Don't say that like it's obvious because three is know, my favorite. Yeah, three is fair. Yeah, I might say like three, one, four. Two would be really high up for two, me. Two, I, I like two. It's not it the best one, but like two is very high. Two has me, but also its own, like, like two is like very mythology. special. Like two is my yeah. like the most important. You should listen to me. the episode we did with him talking about two because mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. great. He's mm-hmm. tired of hearing me talk now. No, he loves it. You're a charisma volcano. Remember? That's what I'm saying. Gross. <laughs> it just seems weird. It does seem. <laughs> there's something about it. Yeah, the erupt. Okay, and on that note. <laughs>